Y'all can have a seat. Big things are happening here at Overflow. We've got lots of stuff happening. First of all, we're in a vision series. We're unpacking the values that we really hope typify us now and also going forward. On top of that, two weeks from today, we're having Vision Sunday. So if you want the inside scoop on just exactly where we're heading for the next, like, five, ten, forever years, that's something you're going to want to be a part of. And then November 6th, we've got another huge day of things going on there, too. But also, you have a part to play in this. This is not just like, okay, we get to have some awesome teaching from you know, Elijah and sometimes Chad, uh, sometimes awesome, uh, from Chad, uh, teachings about like the values and stuff that we love, but also you have a part to play. Hopefully on your way in, you got this corner card. If you have one, hold it up, please. Hesitation. On your way out, if you do not have one, grab it, but hopefully this is your part to play. So, listing out eight people in your life, you have a meaningful relationship with who do not yet know Jesus. That's who goes on this card. You pray over them, you pray for them, you invest in them in a way that makes sense to them. And then inviting them into this, into the church, into whether it's, you know, our vision, our values, big day, whatever it is, but bringing those people in because we believe that what we do here is not just for us. What we do here is for everybody because we believe Jesus is for everybody. So, that being said, that is your part to play. Invite somebody to join you on your journey with Jesus. Make sense? All right. Still waking up, but we're going to work on this. We'll be okay. We're unpacking more values. And so we're, we've got two today, like we've been doing. And so I get to talk to you about love and generosity. And I like treating these together because, one, they're kind of synonyms if you really think about it long enough. But also, they're both reactions. Because of what Jesus did for us, we love other people. One of the practical ways that that looks is being generous, right? If you're like, man, that is a really loving person, they're probably generous, right? So that's why I want to treat these together. So let's go back to the passage we read. I'm going to do my thing, and we're going to, we're going to get some more context on the passage, because I couldn't not. Um, so we're going to do that. But Matthew chapter 22 is where we're going to be, talking about this greatest commandment. But this passage comes in the middle of what's sometimes called Holy Week, which is like the last week before they murdered Jesus. So he's having very important conversations. He's having very detailed conversations. He's having very technical discussions with a lot of smart people and having a lot of really meaningful conversations with his disciples. This thing that we're about to read is one of the highly technical conversations that he has with some people that didn't like him. So, Matthew 22, starting in verse 34, goes like this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? That is a set-up question. That is more of a set-up question than, hey, hon, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> you laugh. I know that all y'all have gotten in a fight over that one. But this is a set-up question. First of all, no one agreed on what the answer to this question should be. 
And when you get introduced to these groups, first of all, Sadducees, Pharisees, they're different groups of people that are leading different parts of like Judaism at that time. So Jesus came into Israel in a time of like heavy uh, disagreement on how to best follow God. And so the Sadducees, like, they had a different answer to what this greatest commandment thing was. They actually rejected most of what you would call the Bible. And they had just like five books that really liked off to one side. And so their answer was one thing. The Pharisees were some other people, and they accepted all of what we would call the Old Testament and a bunch of their other, like, traditions and teachings on top of that. And they're like, this is equal well, all that. And so when we say greatest commandment, it means everything that we're taking in. And that's a bit much. Uh, there's another group called Zealots, uh, who a couple of them actually made it into Jesus' disciples. Uh, but what they would say is the greatest commandment is don't, uh, don't make idols. Uh, unfortunately, they were a little pointed about that discussion. And so, <laughs> you know where we're going. Uh, they actually got a nickname of the Sakari, which was named after the dagger they would use, because they thought that coinage with a face on it was idolatry, and anyone who used it should, you know, die. <clears throat> and they did that a lot. And so... When someone walks up to Jesus and is like, hey, what's the greatest commandment? They're picking a fight. And in typical Jesus way, he gives a brilliant answer. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but a second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you've been around church, or even if you've not been around church, like, you've probably heard this a zillion times. It's a very familiar passage to us, but something really key is going on just under the surface with this. So, bear with me for like two minutes, and we'll get out of the technical jargon, but give me two minutes, okay? What's happening here is called Gezerah Shavah. You do not need to know that, but that's the technical name for what's happening. And essentially... It's one teaching method a bunch of rabbis would use that was incredibly difficult to pull off. But essentially, you make two quotes from the Old Testament uh, that are connected by a single linking word. And that's it. But on both sides of that, whatever you link with that word is equal in your mind. And that's the teaching you're giving. So... The two passages Jesus is quoting is Deuteronomy 6, that's the love of the Lord your God passage, and Leviticus 19, that's the love of the neighbor as yourself. If you're curious, the linking word is ve'ahavta, which is the and you will love. But both sides of that are equal to Jesus, which means in responding about what's most important, love God and love other people are on the same playing field and equal. So, it would be a little asinine if someone said, I love God, but I hate that person. Jesus is like, eh, you broke the one rule. No. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Or if it's like, oh, man, I love other people. Like, this is going well. I struggle with God. Well, you're struggling with one thing there, actually, at least in Jesus' mind. Because to Jesus, those are equally important. Another way to put this is we love God by loving other people. Or one of the primary ways in which we love God is through demonstrating our love for other people. 
And it is at this point that love and generosity make a lot of sense. So this first value of love, our little catchphrase around it is, love is our calling. Right, we believe we're called to do this. First of all, Jesus said it's the greatest commandment. Probably what we're called to do, right? But love is our calling. It should not need to be said, but I'm going to. We're not talking about romantic love here, by the way. Like, ooh, I get butterflies when they walk in the room. Cool. Like, that's a different thing. But we're talking about self-sacrificial, I'm looking out for somebody else more than myself, no matter what is best for me. I'm going to do what's best for them. That kind of love. Right? And so as I was like thinking about like the sermon, I was like, okay, love is our calling. How are we doing at that as overflow? And so it was like, well, this is kind of one of those happy moments, right? Because it's like, well, I think we do this really well. Like, we look out for other people. Let me give you a great example. Um, so, at least in a way, it's been real for me. So, about a year and a half ago, uh, Abby was pregnant with our beautiful, who is now Fabian, running around the nursery and terrorizing it, I'm sure. But, in her third trimester is when we all got COVID, but unfortunately, uh, she got a particularly nasty case of it with pneumonia as well, and ended up in the hospital for a couple of weeks which was beyond difficult and a horrible thing to have to just deal with. Also, it's how I realized I would be a terrible single dad because it was just me and Junia at home and me and that toddler both looked at each other like, this is not going well. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at my pain. Um, we're like, this is, there was legitimately a moment where we both stopped. And we're like, yeah, this would be better if mom were here. Yeah, I would. All right. But also, what happened around that was what stood out to me. Y'all, I did not have to make a meal for a month. Because y'all just dropped them off. But you didn't just drop off food. You dropped off leftovers and other food. You're like, yeah, but you got to make lunch tomorrow. So I'll just make like 12 pots of this white chicken chili. Uh, and you will just have that to eat forever. And a bunch of other things like that. But it didn't stop there. Like some of y'all drove to Kalamazoo, where Abby was in the hospital, and actually dropped off things for her. Like when I went to pick her up, she had like a huge moving box of stuff. Because somebody wanted her to feel like she was at home, even though she wasn't. You mowed my yard, now that I think about it. On top of that, you dropped off toys for Junia, because you knew that I was not going to do that well. Um, But you're like, oh, here's things for that. But like everything I could possibly have to deal with besides my emotions was taken care of. That's what love looks like. But on top of that, I know I'm not the only person you've done that for. First of all, I have lost track of how many meal trains I've been invited to for people within this church. And I've seen how many meals you all cook for each other. Thank you. But also, you know what's actually really cool for me as as a pastor is that when we're having this conversation, usually what's happened at some other places that have worked is like, okay, a need happens and people just go to the pastor and they're like, I don't know, can you fix it? More often than not, when that comes up here, it's, hey, just so you know, I already fixed it. As in, y'all are just informing us that you met the needs that were already there. That's love. That's caring for people. That's going above and beyond. That's going the extra mile. That is demonstrating what this love for the people around you that Jesus expects looks like. That's a very good thing. So my encouragement on this part of it is just like, hey, Keep going. 
Because you know how to do this. This other thing of generosity also in my head is basically love as well because like, right, again, like we said, if someone's generous, you would also describe them as loving more than likely. But also, I was having a conversation with a friend. Uh, We were eating some burgers uh, and you can thank my good friend Rob for this if you would like to. But he, he hit me with this thing because we were talking. I don't know what you talk about at lunch with your friends. I talk about sermons. So we were talking about this, and he's actually preaching uh, like a giving series in November uh, for his church. And he hit me with this thing. And so I'm going to amend it a little bit. Uh, but I want to give it to you all because it hit me real good, okay? So first of all, thank or blame Rob for the next like two minutes of your life. Okay? Cool. So tipping, tithing, or trusting. Where are we at. So first of all, I'm not just talking about money. I'm definitely talking about money. But I'm also talking about your creativity. Like, where does the best of your creativity go? How about your brain power and, like, daydreams of things where you're like, huh, I wonder if this could work. Like, okay, where's the best of that go? Where's the best of your productivity go? Who gets the best 10% of your energy? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it work? Is it your own hobbies? Is it God? Is it like study of something? Like what gets the best of your energy? What gets the best of your time? Also, what gets the best of your resources? There's the old saying of like, show me your bank account. I can tell you what you value. Show me what your schedule looks like. I can also tell you what you value. All of these things matter. But are we tipping, tithing, or trusting when it comes to God? Tipping is like, yo, God, you did exactly what I wanted when I wanted you to do it. Uh, you did exactly what I ordered, and you didn't show up to this table too much. Like, you weren't an inconvenience, but you were off and around if I needed something, right? Uh, but you did exactly what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted. Here's a little tip. Or conversely, you didn't do what I wanted, you get nothing. Are we tipping God? Are we only all in for the church when God does what we want? Hopefully, we're not in that mindset. Tithing, though, I've been sitting on this one for years. Uh, And I was like, now's a good time to just drop this. Um, Because sometimes, Elijah's already dying. This is great. Um, By the way, do y'all feel how uncomfortable it got in here? This is amusing to me. I see that smirk. Uh, (laughs) This is great. This is fantastic. Um, So sometimes we get really legalistic about tithing, right? Right? And that's generally not the best attitude to have about things. Um, but also, just in case we wanted to like give ourselves a pat on the back, so we're like, I always tithe perfectly, that 10%, it's always first, whatever, things like that. Okay, grant you, I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. Um, to have like a default, okay, 10%, that's what I give, just that so you're in rhythm and that it's not a tipping kind of a thing, but like whether I like it or not, I still obey. Like That's a good thing, it's a good rhythm to be in. Um, But by the way, in case we wanted to pat ourselves on the back too much uh, on that front, if you wanted to be an extremely legalistic person, and you wanted to be like, I do my biblical tithe all the time, did you know it's not actually 10%? Now, if you read your Bible thoroughly, you know, and usually we get the breakdown from the Old Testament, because that's the world that the New Testament lives in. Um... Depending on the year, because everything in the Hebrew culture is in seven-year cycles, and it goes up and down just depending, 
in a given year, a faithful tithe in Hebrew culture would be between 23 and 32 percent. First off, uh, there's the first 10 percent, whatever you, whatever you have, right? Uh, so that'd be that tithe. But then there's also another tithe for partying. Uh, so essentially, I'm not actually lying to you. That's true. What it is. It's called the Jerusalem tithe. You can read about it in Deuteronomy. Uh, but essentially, that next 10% you save so that when you go to Jerusalem for a pilgrim festival, you can party and spend it there. Like, that's what that's for. Okay, so now we're up to 20. And then, depending on what part of the year cycle we're in, whether it's a sabbatical year, sometimes some of the years are like more for orphans and widows and stuff like that. And so that's where you get the 23 to 32. But let's just say it's a lower number and say 25%. If we wanted to be really legalistic, where's the best 25% of our creativity going? It's a fair question. I don't know your answer. I'm just talking about me and us, okay? But where does that go? But I think there's a better level to call ourselves to. And I think this trusting thing is where it should be at. I want to read you a crazy story out of 2 Corinthians. Uh, It's in chapter 8. You don't got to turn there. It'll be on the screen. uh, And I'll read it for us. But Paul is writing to this Corinthian church. And one of the things that he's trying to do in this letter is actually raise support for the Jerusalem church. One, because they were the OG church. But on top of that, they were facing a famine, about to go into war, and had basically nothing. And so he was like, well, we should look out for each other. And so he's going to different churches trying to raise money. But listen to what he says to these Corinthians. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Oh, grace of God. We're going to talk about salvation, right? Nope. In the midst of a very severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. Out of their ridiculously difficult trials they were going in themselves, they saw someone else in need and gave beyond their capacity, counting it a privilege. That is why we say generosity is our privilege. We're just following the model of someone else who did this on a crazy scale. Also, generosity is our privilege. And so I want to call us to trusting, like... No, don't tip God, like, do what I want, be my vending machine, and then you maybe get something from me. Like, tithing is a good, like, baseline of just like, okay, maybe 10%, whatever it is, like, that rule that you got to work on with God, it's like, okay, whether I feel like it or not, I still give. But I think trusting is the place to be. And I don't know what that number is for you. I don't know what that time of day is for you where your best time needs to go. I don't know what season you're in where God is saying, hey, this is where I want the bulk of your energy You know who does know? Jesus. Ask him. A great prayer to pray at some point this week is, all right, Jesus, what are you calling me and my family to this season? Where does the energy need to go? Where does the productivity need to go the most? Where do I need to bring my efficiency the most? Where do I need to bring the best part of my skill set to the table 
Maybe it's somewhere that I'm already at. Maybe it's somewhere I'm not at. Maybe, okay, where does my finances need to go? Where does the different aspects of my life, where do these things all need to go? And ask him. He's got an idea. But beyond just the like rote, like, okay, I do this number, I do this, I do this, I get that. Ask God, okay, what do you, what do you require of me in this season? What are you asking me to do now? A fair question for y'all to have in your minds at this point is, that's great. How? Right, if we're talking about love is our calling, we're talking about like generosity being a privilege, right? And obviously in a sermon, we can't hit every single situation of everybody in the room at the same time with the same thing, right? Like that's just hard to do. First of all, there's a lot of you and one of me. But beyond that, this is why we have groups. This is why we have places where it's just like, oh, you actually have people who are committed to walking with you through this journey. So I want to do something just to point them out. Uh, So I'm going to have anyone, and we've discussed this earlier, who's our group leaders, if you want to make your way forward, because these people have dedicated some of their time and lives to helping you answer these questions. What does it look like to be loving in the situation that you're in? I don't know, but your group leader would love to walk with you through that. What does it look like to be generous? What might God be calling you to? I don't know, but some of these people have committed to the time to say, hey, I'll walk with you through that. Because these are big questions, right? Like, this is not simple necessarily, but these people have committed their energy to saying, hey, you all matter, and we want to help. So what I want to do is want allow them some space to introduce themselves to you. Uh, so they're just going to give you like their name and then the, the group that they actually lead, or groups, plural, as is the case for a couple of them. But I just want you to know who these people are. Uh, and so that as you're looking to actually maybe jump in a group or already in a group, that you just know where they are. So we're going to start with this lovely gentleman on this side. I'll, uh, I'll stand a little shorter. But they'll... <laughs> Can we start that moment over? So I'm going to hand the mic around to them, and they'll, uh, they'll give you their name and, and the groups they lead. Hey, everybody online. Thanks for tuning in with us. This is Pastor Chad. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Joel. I get the uh, honor and privilege to lead our worship and tech uh, team. So if that's a gifting that you feel like you really have, or just maybe even a gift that you want to grow in in this season, right? We're talking through seasons. Uh, come, take, come, come see me. I'd love to talk to you. There's always a spot available uh, to serve on our worship and tech. I'm Tracy. I head up the security team for the church, and I also help out with our men's group on Thursday nights. I'm Nicole. Um, I help assist Rachel with the Splash Nursery Children and the Fair Plain East Project. I'm Jill Wong, and I uh, co-lead the Wednesday night women's group. And I'm Brenda Morris, and I co-lead with Jill the women's night women's group. I'm Jeannie, and I co-lead the Thursday night women's group at the church. And uh, I head up the oil team, which is Overflow Intercessors for Christ. So when you have a prayer request, which are at the, uh, where the, beverages are and off also by the prayer uh, station over there um, when you write your request it goes to Pastor Chad he sends it to me and I send it out to a group of prayer warriors 
Uh, it can be anonymous or just your initials. I'm Noah. I, leave the, I lead the online host team. I also lead a Saturday morning running group, and I co-lead the Monday evening prayer group with this lady right here. Hi, I'm Barb, and um, I coordinate the, uh, the prayer teams, um, OIL and the GAP team, and also the uh, prayer station team. So if you want prayer after service, see somebody back there by the, by the banner. Um, I also lead a, a community Bible study. I'm Andy, and I head up the Thursday night men's group, uh, a Saturday morning discipleship group, and The Edge, which is a, a gaming group. Hi, I'm Dayland. Uh, I've been leading the guest services team, so we meet up at 9 a.m., and we help everyone feel welcome. I am Rachel, and I lead Overflow Kids Upstairs. So if you are interested in investing and sharing Jesus with young people, you get to come chat with me, and I would love to connect you. Um, and then I also lead the family style group that meets on Mondays, and usually we come together, have a meal together. Um, the kids go play, and we uh, get to study together as adults. So. Nice. Can you give these people a hand? So, believe it or not, uh, there's actually also, not pictured here, a few more group leaders that are just out of town, uh, K-Wing, Debbie Bennett, uh, and then I know I'm forgetting somebody, sorry in advance, I'm sure you're watching online, forgive me. Uh, they also lead women's groups as well, but these people have just committed to helping you figure out how this love and generosity thing works, how this generate hope thing works. So take advantage of that, because, you know, as pastors, we can only, like, help so much and answer so many questions. These people are here to help you. By the way, I want to highlight one, uh, or actually two people up there, uh, specifically. So Noah, who gave a laundry list of groups that he leads, did you know that he's starting here as a volunteer? Uh, and then, actually, he was just attending. He wasn't even volunteering when he started here. Uh, he was just attending, uh, and then he started volunteering, and then he started leading some groups, and then we hired him. <laughs> so, if you're looking for a job, maybe, maybe lead a group, uh, and then maybe we'll have to pick the letter. Who knows? But we've actually hired another group leader. Who else do we hire? Oh, Rachel. <laughs> Apparently, my brain is not functioning today. But we're going to get back into worship in a hot second, because all of this matters for one reason and one reason alone. Jesus. Right? It was him who said, you know, this whole bit of love God with everything you have and love other people with everything you have. Right? And so we need to ground ourselves in that. Yes, we're going to focus a lot today on loving our neighbors because we're going to go do some surf projects right after service. Right? We're going to clean up some streets. We're going to clean out the garage. We're going to, like, do some stuff for Fair Plain Elementary. Like, we're going to be doing a lot of love your neighbor. And so we need to ground ourselves in the why. And that why is Jesus, because we love him. And because he told us to, and because we're obedient to him, and because of he, him being who he is, that's why we love other people too. So let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you are who you are. 
that you've done what you've done. Thank you for the opportunity to serve our community that we're going to have in a few minutes. Thank you for the knowledge of you and for the fact that you loved us. And so in response, we just say, Jesus, we love you. God, ground us in yourself. Ground us in a deep and abiding love for you. Because from that, we can accomplish a whole heck of a lot. God, as we're talking about things like wanting to generate hope for other people, help us to claim that hope for ourselves too. Help us to claim that hope in you and what you have done. God, there's nothing like getting to spend a little bit more time worshiping you. So God, once again, we love you. And all this we pray in the powerful name of Jesus.